Ladies and gentlemen, the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast proudly presents a holiday greeting from J.D. Hansel. Hi, I'm J.D. Hansel, host of the 11 Point Collar and Muppet Fans Talking Podcasts. College student, film director, son to two lovely parents, sibling to several other people, future husband of someone I'm sure, and owner of MuppetHub.com. And along with those other things, I'm a thinker. And lately, well, I've been thinking quite a lot about the Christmas season, what it means, and what it should mean, in my opinion. You see, as I am very much J.D. Hansel and not Steve Swanson doing an impression of him, somehow I think we've gotten it all wrong when it comes to Christmas. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and if you'll give me just 45 minutes of your time, I believe I can briefly explain it to you. No? Well, okay, then I'll just have to speak faster in long run-on sentences that drift into the weeds of unnecessary detail, but they aren't quite unnecessary because there are good reasons for including those important asides because otherwise you wouldn't get the complete picture of what I'm talking about. And what I'm talking about is very, very important, you see. Christmas is something completely different than what we've made it out to be. We all seem to think that Christmas is this warm, loving time to relax and spend time with our families and to be giving and charitable and maybe even somewhat reflective over our lives in the past year and hopeful for the year that's about to come. And I'm here today to tell you that that's all so much hogwash and poppycock. You see, in spite of what John Denver and the Muppets tell us, Christmas is not in fact the time to come together, nor a time to put all differences aside. Instead, Christmas is a time to confront head-on the challenges of life and to share those challenges with the people you love. It's the most contentious time of the year. It's a time to wrestle with the difficult issues of existence and explore the complexities of life in big, difficult-to-understand, cerebral and artistic ways. And it's a time for big productions because Christmas should be big and cinematic and groundbreaking and saturated with lots of sound and colors and explosions and orchestras and plot twists and and chase scenes and dancing girls and things and stuff. Penguins and chickens, cats and dogs living together, Bafo Lenny, Sako Lenny, songs, dances, shootings, that's Christmas, baby. Woo! Sorry. Anyway, I think you understand the point. So before we get the show started this week, this is 100% most assuredly J.D. Hansel reminding you to celebrate the season as it's meant to be celebrated this year and confront those you love, perhaps in ways they'd never expect. There's a deep underlying meaning to this season and you shouldn't stop until you find it. This may become annoying to those around you, but hey, you're smarter than they are. Christmas is a time to express your love and frustration with the world. So make sure to draw your loved ones close this season and tell them how much you hope they improve next year. This has been J.D. Hansel speaking. I approve this message. And now, on to whatever's next. Hi, everyone. This is Jared Fairclough. You f***. I'm J.D. Hansel, and when I'm not trimming no, my wait, puberty... Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. You what? can't do what? me. Steve just did me. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to keep going on with my jokes now. Okay. Hi, I'm J.D. Hansel, and when I'm not trimming my puberty beard, I'm hosting multiple podcasts that nobody listens to. I want you to have a wonderful holiday season while I sit at home crying over the fact that I'll never be Steve Swanson. 
All right, if no one else is gonna do Steve, then I'm gonna do Steve. Actually, first of all, I've got like a good couple hundred people listening to this show. Thank you very much. No, sorry. Where was I before? Um, gosh, how come none of you addressed my ADD? Anyway, Steve Swanson imitation time. Well, hi, everyone. Steve Swanson here, wishing you a Merry Christmas from all of us here at my non-existent podcast, The Muppet Cast, which I say I produce, but I don't. At this very special time of the year, it's nice to remember to enjoy the simple things in life, like hating things because they're new, playing distracting background music behind everything, and trashing the millennials because those entitled jerks think they can have their Christmas presents for free. Put down your phone and get a job if you want a gift, you moocher. In other words, Merry Christmas. I'm an old person. Muppet fans talking with JD, Steve, and now with more Jared. Thank you for joining us for our holiday spectacular from MuppetHub.com. And now, from the people who brought you Bad Muppet Theater, it's time for Bad Muppet Christmas Carols on Muppet Fans Talking. Okay, everybody ready? Uh, yeah, Steve, there aren't many of us here. Okay. La... Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay, I guess we just better get this over with. Cue the music! It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Hey, there's Kermit on my TV Singing on NBC It really makes me miss their TV show It's beginning to look a lot like Muppets Muppets In the Hallmark store But the prettiest sight to see Is all the Muppets on your tree So let's buy some more The garment of life Be it tattered and worn It's all full of holes and the laces are torn. A gift from my mother who was poverty born. A piece of Christmas trash. A clock that won't work and an old telephone. A broken umbrella, a rusty trombone. That I am delighted to call my own A piece of Christmas trash On the twelfth day of Christmas I always need to see Emmet Otter plucking Fraggle bells a-ringing Dinosaurs a-painting Not letters to Santa Sam and Jen is kissing Santa Claus is switching Too much stuff with Whoopi Christmas Eve on Sesame Street Muppet Christmas Carol Without bell song Muppet Family Christmas And, and my Muppets, Muppets and John, John Denver LP This night we pray for more Muppet Show 
we want seasons four and five since we love it so this five, night five, five, five. we, we pray for more Muppet Show we want seasons four and five since we love it so okay take it away Jared yeah I'm not doing that wait what why, why not? Jared, do you not like Christmas? No. No, I don't like Christmas. Who likes Christmas? I don't... I like Christmas. Wait, guys, I don't understand how this is possible. I mean, Christmas is the season of giving. Christmas is the time to say I love you. It's holiday right. greetings and gay happy meetings and snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes and candy canes and silver lanes aglow. Steve, I gotta tell you, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is one of the top ten times of the whole year. What are you talking about? Christmas is the best! See, Jared? Christmas is the worst. Ah. It's the worst. What's the point in it? It's like losing your virginity. You know, there's a whole lot of build-up, and then it's over really quickly, and it's disappointing, and your hands are sticky, and there's a weird taste in your mouth. It's just the worst. Okay, um, first of all, you're doing it wrong. Secondly, Grandma, if you're listening to this show, please stop right now. Now, Jared, <laughs> I, what... How, did you miss when I said candy canes and silver lanes aglow? Really? I don't I don't know what any of those words are. <sighs> Steve? Okay, JD, I, I'm I'm begging you. Come over to my you got to see my side of this. There's there it's Santa Claus. It's family. It's the food. It's it's football. It's it's giving presents. It's coming together. It's the food. Yeah, I mean, it is the food. It's spending so much money on people you don't mm. like. It's the worst. Well, wait, that's why there's gift I don't know, cards. Jared, I, mean, I want to hear you out, but Christmas is a time when people can just stop worrying about life's problems and just believe in things without evidence. Oh my gosh, Christmas is a terrible holiday. It discourages skepticism and science. This is awful. It goes against everything that Neil deGrasse Tyson and I stand for. Steve, we have to stop celebrating Christmas. That is ridiculous, JD. Look, there is so much, especially as a Muppet fan, to love about Christmas time. And you know what? We are going to prove it. This oh? show, right now, we're going to do this. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, well, you're the one with the script, so you tell me. <laughs> okay. I guess that means that now it's up to Steve to prove in this episode that Christmas is great, or Jared to prove in this episode that Christmas is terrible. How does that All sound? All right, well... Here's here's how we'll start this. Okay, mm -hmm. first of all, you are a Muppet fan. Mm -hmm. There are so many great Muppet things to love about Christmas. You know this because, well, you grew up listening to me rant about it every year for seven years. So I, I believe that I have firmly ingrained Christmas into your psyche, especially as a Muppet fan, when you have things like Emmett Otter's... Imagine a Christmas, J.D., without Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, mm. without the Muppets Christmas Carol, without mm. Muppet Family Christmas. I give you Muppet Family Christmas, the most disconnected plot story you could ever think of, but True. a great Christmas special nonetheless. True. You have Jim Henson and, and the end of it even. You have, uh, let's see, you have the Christmas toy. You have the great Santa. We won't talk about the great Santa Claus switch. You have a lot of great Christmas specials Boo. that suddenly wouldn't Boo. be a you're part wrong. of your you're life, wrong, JD. Like you're wrong. Uh, Jared, what's your problem? Everything he said was garbage. I mean, All yeah, right. okay, Muppet, Muppet Family Christmas is fine, but, you know, everything else is just rubbish. I defy you to break down Muppet Christmas Carol and, and disprove that 
as a vital holiday tradition, sir. Gentlemen, gentlemen. I have three words to disprove oh, that no. theory. Oh, boy. Michael Caine singing. I don't know, Steve. He's got a point. I don't want to get into this right now. I say by the end of the show, one of you is going to have to convince me. That's all, all I'm right. saying, all right? Okay. But all no right. fighting. No fighting. We've got the whole show to work this out. Speaking of which, hi everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Muppet Fans Talking. I'm J.D. Hansel and I'm joined by... Steve Swanson from the Muppet Cast. And Jared Fairclough from Muppet Mindset. Well done, everybody. That means you can find them at MuppetCast.com and MuppetMindset.com, respectively. Who has time for their email addresses? I'm from MuppetHub.com and you can listen to this podcast in iTunes if you want to or at MuppetHub.com, which is my preference. With that said, let's get moving right along to Muppet News. Yes, we've been gone for such a long time that even though it's a holiday show, so I'm supposed to be doing evergreen content, pun intended, I really want to look back on some of the latest holiday news this year. Anyway, so that's what we're doing, because I'm the host of the show, dang it. Starting off with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, we can basically just take it as a given that Alan is the only Sesame Street human who's allowed to show his face now. That's about all I have to say about the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was about the same as, as usual, I think. Anyone else want to chime in? You know, I actually liked the song this year. I don't really? always like the song, and it was pretty... Yeah, it was okay, and I don't like anything, and it was pretty good. Hmm. Jared? I have no opinion. It was the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was no different to every other year. Yeah, that's pretty much my opinion. I just, I'm a little bit bummed out because even though we were we were promised the involvement of some of the older members of the Sesame Street gang, who have not been appearing on the show in a long time, we still haven't seen them at one of the parades. But we already talked I'm about that I'm sure that all year. worked out for the best, though. We never heard another peep about it. I'm sure it's all fine. Haha, <laughs> great. All right. In news related to actual winter holidays, A Very Pentatonix Christmas aired on NBC on November 27th, and it featured not only Kermit the Frog, but Constantine. They appear in a segment in which the Pentatonix singers find that their presents have been stolen, and it turns out that the thief is Constantine, who leads them to believe that he is Kermit. Of course, this is very much a meta joke, because Constantine is now actually is Kermit, because both characters, as of this past summer, are performed by Matt Vogel. To pull this trick off, Matt Vogel and Mike Quinn alternated in performing the two characters, and it's worth pointing out that this gag is mine. You listeners may remember that a few months ago, Steve and I did a segment on the podcast in which we reviewed the first YouTube video featuring Matt Vogel's first performance as Kermit, but before reviewing the actual video, we tried to trick you all into thinking we'd seen a different video that was a great big production with musical numbers and special guest stars and all that. Steve, did you remember this? we try to trick people? I, I don't think we... We were just, like... We, we were narrating out of spite the fact that we were kind of mad that there was only 16 seconds worth of a new Kermit. Right? 14 seconds, but Nobody that's a believed good point. for a second that we were actually uh, watching something. I, don't, I didn't even believe we were I watching. like to think that there was some moron out there who spent half the day Googling and Googling and Googling. But that's Wait, beside. is it the guy who was always complaining about you anyway? No, the guy in the red shirt. Anyway. Oh, that guy. That yeah. Anyway. He's still, he must love you. He is at every single one of our shows. He is. He's great. Hi, guy wow. in the red shirt. 
Anyway, the, I pay him. The first thing I foresaw when I wrote that script for that last podcast episode is Kermit doing a tap dance with a guest star in a way that referenced the Gene Kelly number from The Muppet Show, which happened in the Hollywood Ball Show, as did a choir joining the Muppets and singing a classic Kermit the Frog song. Now, just as I thought, we've already started doing the Kermit Constantine gags, so I'm on a roll! Now, I have some thoughts about this particular appearance, but first, I want to open it up to the floor. So, uh, uh, Steve, if you would like to complain about the auto-tune, now is the time. Uh, well, I don't enjoy Pentatonix for that very uh, reason. There are we a lot of great singers in the world, and uh, that actually includes Pentatonix. They're great singers, so I don't understand why you need to uh, over-compress and auto-tune everything they do. That's just distracting to someone who actually likes music, which I, I guess a lot of people actually like the special, so... <clears throat> There you go. And the actual segment with uh, Constantine and Kermit, uh, I don't think I'm in the minority here by saying it was kind of a weak segment. It was, it I was. mean, it's, <sighs> the problem is, it's always kind of nice seeing Kermit. I feel like an abuse victim. It's always nice to see the Muppets again because we haven't seen them in so long. So I hope that every time I see them, that this time they might be on good behavior and they might, it might go well. And it just, it just doesn't. It was, it felt weak. It felt forced, and it felt like one more segment that proves to everyone who doesn't care about the Muppets as much as we do that eh, these characters are kind of done. Okay, for those of you at home keeping score, so far we have compared Muppet Christmas productions to losing one's virginity and being an abuse victim. So enjoy that. It's really one of our better episodes so far. I think yes. this is strong work. I'm yeah. loving this. I'm loving this so much. Um, my problem with it is I noticed that, I mean, uh, yes, it was a weak segment, but I also noticed that the Kermit puppet just looked weird. It didn't look right. His eyes were really? not focused. The eye, yeah. It, I, I've actually just noticed that this I've only problem, watched it a couple times, so I, that's interesting. Uh, to me, this was so noticeable. I was totally wow. distracted by the fact that Kermit looked babyish, because this is a problem that the puppet seems to keep uh, uh, having. I just watched the two videos that they posted over the past couple of days with Kermit. Uh, I know you can see them both on Tough Pigs. One was for YouTube. Yeah, I didn't, and mind, was, I didn't mind those at all. It was just a holiday greeting. The other was yeah. for Facebook and listed some Muppet Christmas Carol, well, facts, so to speak. And towards the end of the Christmas Carol video, it's clear that one of Kermit's eyes is just turning inward. I mean, Interesting. what should be normal eye focus, because Matt Vogel and Mike Quinn are good performers, Very is good, just... Yeah. It's just wrong and creepy. Huh. Like, I, they have to just do something about the eyeballs and get them in place, please. I mean, maybe... I don't know. May, do you think that in every single one of Steve Whitmire's contracts, he made them redo the eyeballs? Is that... Uh, that's possible. That you sounds know, like for, the kind of thing he would demand, a replacement I hear of the eyeballs there were several things. Time. That we, we're, we're not going to go there. We're but not going to go there? You never know. Well, you can go there. I'm not going to go there. Also, right. I would just like to point out that uh, Constantine has his own holiday greeting on the Muppets YouTube channel. So it's nice oh, does that... He? Yeah, it's nice because of this meme, because of the weird evil Kermit meme, Constantine's getting to make a little bit of a comeback, and I appreciate that. Well, along with Constantine, I've also noticed that Walter has become a little bit more of a part of some of the YouTube channels as well, some yeah. of that, that content, and that's nice. I, I personally would rather see more Walter than Constantine because even though each of them were introduced in a subsequent Muppet film, I would much prefer to see more of Walter than I am ever interested in seeing of Constantine again. That's very strange and interesting. Jared, do you have anything to comment on about anything we've just said? 
A couple of things. Firstly, I noticed uh, in the Christmas Carol facts the same thing you're saying. In the last segment, it almost felt like a different puppet to me. Yeah. Because he was a little bit greener as well. There was a certain puppet they seemed to use um, last year that was totally new. The eyes never looked right to me either. Um, and I think, you know, we're getting used to seeing Kermit on Matt Vogel's hand because obviously it's going to look that little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it was necessarily an eye issue alone. I actually think it might have been a whole new puppet. Hmm. That would explain um, it. Well, that could be. I mean, I'm sure they make new versions all the time or, or new replacement puppets because, I mean, these things are made out of cloth. That's but, it. They could have just had a couple sitting there and went, you know yeah. what, you know, grab the other one. Hmm. That's strange. Did you have something uh, else you wanted to add, Jerry? Grab that one, take them all off, and put it on his hand, yeah. That's it. Um... So the second point, I think now that Kermit and Constantine are the same performer, Mm -hmm. I think the gag of Constantine sort of, you know, trying to do his Kermit impression is going to wear very thin very quickly because it actually does now sound like Kermit. Yes, it does. I noticed that too. Yeah. On the upside, I am getting a little bit more used to Kermit's voice is his new I th- voice. I still haven't figured I, out yes. how to do it, but... I thought the two new videos were the best he sounded in any sort of video, at least. Not the Hollywood Bowl. I think he sounded great at the Hollywood Bowl show. Oh, that was the yeah. best one, yeah. Um, but I think these videos uh, were the best we've heard him in that medium, at least. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of Matt in it for, for my tastes. Like, a lot is, of, of, but... of that Matt big bird sound in it but there is but i'm okay with that i think it's fine i think it's something that well like i've said it before i never really thought steve's kermit sounded anything like jim no Hmm. so it's just something that i got used to hearing and i think i've just gotten used to hearing matt's kermit way quicker than i think a lot of the population have yeah, that's that's interesting. It's still taking mm-hmm. me a while to get used to it. I'm still not quite settled. But visually, he's he's really got it now. I'm quite impressed. I agree. Visually, yeah. he's got it, and I think the mannerisms are perfect. Oh yes. yeah, like that's that's the thing. It's his his voice may not be quite right, but everything about the speech patterns is actually more like Jim's Kermit than Steve's. I agree. Um, but it's not like it doesn't feel too much of a Jim impression. It still feels like it flows nicely with recent Kermit the Frog material. Exactly right. And as long as it still feels like Hermit, I don't care if the voice takes another little while to get perfect. Yeah. yeah. Moving right along, we have some news from Walt Disney World in um, what had been the Muppets Courtyard. Steve, brace yourself. With Disney's oh, I, I already know. With, with Disney's recent acquisition of Fox, we've all been wondering how different Fox characters like The Simpsons would be integrated into the Disney family. And now we know. The marquee mm-hmm. for Muppet Vision 3D has pulled Muppet Vision, and it looks like the theater is preparing to put in a Simpsons 3D show in place of Muppet Vision. Um, now, because I'm just screwing with all you listeners, you are free to hate me from now on, um, but I thought you should know that the real news is that they put the Muppet Fountain back at Muppet Vision 3D. That's all. Everything's fine. Well, they put the Muppet Fountain back because the plumbing is working again because yeah. the construction for Star Wars Land is over, at least in that area. However, right. there is no more Muppet music playing in a loop oh, that's in weird. that area. So 
it's still kind of the Muppet Courtyard because we all remember it as the Muppet Courtyard, <laughs> but I don't believe you're ever going to see a true return to form of the Muppet Courtyard that you and I know and love. Yeah, they pulled a couple characters from the fountain, too. Oh, did they? Yes, I'm pretty hmm. sure as of right now, this may just be temporary, but right now they've got Miss Piggy there, as always. Yes. But it looks like Gonzo and Fozzie aren't there now. Interesting. If uh, if memory serves. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a bummer, but at least they've got the fountain going again. So that's yes. kind of nice. In Sesame News, Sesame Workshop is once again holding a workshop. From sesameworkshop.org, link in the show notes, Sesame Workshop is looking for highly talented puppeteers, age 18 and over, blah, 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 basically, to, for you can be trained in puppeteering. Woo, it's your big chance, JD. I know, I know. I was supposed to record my little audition video today, but I, I just didn't have time because I was instead preparing for a silly little podcast. Silly me, but... Well, that's your mistake. What did I just hear? That was a, a motorcycle going past my house. <laughs> I live on a main road. That was so loud. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, you guys don't have to record that, and it's just on mine. Right, exactly. If you are familiar with the Sesame Street style of television puppetry, have the basic skills, and are interested in the opportunity to participate in a future puppeteer workshop in New York City, please apply as directed below. So there are a whole bunch of directions here. It's got to be less than a minute and a half. Uh, you got to come on and introduce yourself, enter and exit the frame with your puppet, um, do like two to three minim at a minimum character voices. Uh, they want original characters, not Sesame characters. You're supposed to finish your video with a short song so they can hear you singing. Upload the video privately, send that private link along with a bio, whatever that's supposed to be, and a signed copy of the release form to uh, puppetworkshops at sesame.org. And um, no emails will be accepted after December 31st, so the deadlines are coming. They, they put in a short window for this, so let the rush yeah, begin. Yeah, you know they're going to be inundated with people. That's the thing. I right. know last time they did it, they got about 500 videos. Yeah, you yeah. want to watch 500 videos? I don't. Well, that's and why also, I... I know that it's taking place in February. Oh, okay. There you go. Wow. I don't you, know any I, dates, I just know February. Are you allowed to reveal that information, Jared? Uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I happen to know that Happy Time Murders wrapped production. Am I? I don't know if I'm allowed Wait, to share that. that. Hold on. That was, that was stop. pretty public knowledge. Okay, stop, I wanted to make stop, sure, because I heard it That's... in a form that was not super public. Okay, hold on. JD, now, yeah. you've got me several times. All right, you, you, we, we've talked about this story before and there's there's just no way that number one that they even started production but now you're telling me this is a, this is cute this is a nice little way to stick to the bit they've wrapped production we're really gonna get this movie huh yes we are they wrapped production what they're yeah they're done no brian henson no. went off to england to work on post-production you're kidding post you're kidding me i am not Wow! Okay, well... Crap, I'm not sure if I was supposed to reveal the Brian Henson part. Moving on! If you're not <laughs> able to attend the uh, Sesame Puppeteering Workshop, I still have some good news for you. The Sesame performers are featured in a video that teaches you a little bit about how their characters are performed, which you can watch online right now. From MuppetMindset.com, 
Ever wondered how puppets work? Me too! Me too! Thankfully, Thankfully the, the Muppet <laughs> performers of Sesame Street have gotten together with Wyatt to explain the mechanics of Big Bird, Elmo, Snuffy, Abby, and Rudy. It's super informative! You'll learn how Elmo does his little confused look, which I didn't know, how Snuffy's nose waves, and how fly Matt Vogel looks in a suit. I wrote it, don't you start reading my lines. Okay. Wait a minute, how, are we but allowed, how did you if, not if that's know on the Muppet mindset, I thing? Wait a minute, if we're- if, I didn't- If this was on the Muppet mindset, are we allowed to talk about this yet? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, the piece of... I didn't know how he did his little confused look in his head. I didn't know there was a piece of dowel in his head to pull it down. I have no idea how I thought they did it, but it wasn't that. <laughs> but you... you interviewed Elmo. You talked to Ryan I Dillon. Put, I didn't put my hand inside. But you did didn't I? think to ask how he does the eye thing? No, he even... we even have a photo of him and I doing that sort of look together, Elmo and I. And I have no idea. I just said to him, hey, can we do that weird, confused art look that Elmo has? And he said, sure. We took the photo, and I never thought to ask how. But you didn't but put I, your hand in him. But I didn't put my hand so inside. So in 2017, you get to keep your job. You're one of the few people, Jared. <laughs> no, he's just going to come out in 30 years. And Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, this show keeps getting worse and worse and worse. At least in great? terms of This the is why we never rating. do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, there's a link to that video in the show notes. There's more where that came from, though, because some other Muppet performers had a long interview with Yahoo Entertainment, uh, giving what's called an oral history, ew, of Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas. I can tell you that this extensive interview is so long. How long is it? So long that I'm not going to read it. But you should. Ah. Uh, link in the thingy thing. Steve, would you like to rant about Emmett Otter for a moment? Uh, well, I was just going to say, first of all, bury the lead. Yahoo still exists. I know, right? Um, ranting about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Okay, so I saw that they released... Uh, was it this year that they released the new Kermit yeah. the Frog? Included? Yeah. Okay, so Kermit the Frog is now included back into parts of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And I say parts of the special because he's not everywhere that he used to be. Hmm. If you remember the original HBO special, of course, Kermit the Frog greets us on a bicycle, crashes into the, the sign that for Frogtown Hollow in Waterville, and uh, gives a little bit of narration, a little bit of backstory. And then we cut to uh, you know the, the scene from the, uh, the town from Waterville, and Kermit continues to narrate uh, a little bit about what's going on. It's morning, it's another day on the river, and then we cut to uh, Emmett and his mom singing about the bathing suit that Grandma Otter wore. Right. We also hear Kermit the Frog in several other places narrating, just giving a little bit of exposition for each scene. Cut and the in chase. the new version, those little audio snippets are not there. Hmm. So all the music is there, a lot of other great parts of the special are there, they redid the whole special to fit a 16 by 9 widescreen image. Um, they did, well, the best that they could to sort of upscale it for 1080, you know, full HD kind of picture. And honestly, you can't take old footage like that and upscale it to HD very easily. So yeah. they did a fine job. I just watched it on Amazon on my TV a couple days ago, expecting to be disappointed and I wasn't. Hmm. I was actually, I was very happy with it. You know, I wish that they would have included Kermit's voice in those other parts just because that's how I remember the special. However, 
If you have young children, if you have kids you want to bring up with the Muppets at Christmas time as well, uh, you can put this in front of them and they won't feel like they're missing anything. They'll love it just as much as you and I did when we were kids. So as much as I didn't think I could do this, I have to give this a thumbs up. They did a very good job with this. See, Jared, Christmas is still alive. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. I liked something. I know. It he really is something. a Christmas miracle. It is a but Christmas But the worst miracle. part about... Uh, the worst part about Emma Jug Band Christmas is that I just have to listen to Steve ramble on for five minutes about something that I don't well, care about. I okay. do that sometimes. I know. Guys, guys... I have an important announcement to make. See, that I did just the way he says important. I did that. Yes. Okay, go ahead. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, and our non-binary friends, we the managers of Muppet Fan Sites, as the ambassadors of the Muppet Online community, are proud to welcome to the 21st century a very special guest. All the way from total technological ignorance, please give a round of applause to Twitter's latest star Muppet performer, Frank Oz! Yay! Yay! You did it, buddy. All right, that's right. Frank Oz himself is now on Twitter, at the Frank Oz Jam. What is the Frank Oz Jam? Hmm. Or what is Frank Oz's jam? Yeah, well, we at Muppet Hub asked that very question to Mr. Oz on Twitter, and he did not reply. We don't think he knows how yet. But we're still getting a lot of great new insight into the life of Mr. Oz, and we're even getting to see some of his interactions with other Muppet performers. One such tweet includes his message to Louise Gold, Hi Lou, miss you and love you. Or take his tweet to Bill Beretta the other day, which is in all caps for some reason, Billy, thank you for those brilliant ideas you had on the phone call yesterday. Someday he will probably learn how to do private messages, but until that day, let's hope he has more of his private conversations publicly so we can, you know, surprise him sometime with an unexpected meet and greet when he thought he was just meeting with Bill. So, um, this, this move to Twitter seems to be part of his goals to get people excited for Muppet Guys Talking, um, his recent documentary about the making of The Muppet Show that we'll get to see in March. Uh, and for this reason, he's even recorded video messages for Twitter like this one. Hi, this is Frank Oz. I used to be Miss Piggy. I'm very boring. You probably didn't recognize me without my beard, or with the crutches I haven't explained. I'm here with my beautiful and intelligent wife, Victoria LeBalm, who also doesn't have a beard, thankfully. And since I'm not really sure what kinds of videos I'm supposed to post online, I wanted to show you some of the places where I usually like to spend my time. I'm here in the men's bathroom at Denny's, a place I know very well, and I would like to remind you to go to MuppetGuysTalking.com and sign up for our email list, which also doesn't have a beard, praise Jesus. As I understand it, if you sign up for the email list, I can personally send a fax to your Xerox machine, letting you know the latest news about the documentary, and then you'll get to hear from the other Muppet performers who are far more interesting than me. Isn't Tweeter amazing? That's all for now. I'm Frank Oz. I'm very boring. Don't grow a beard. Your journalism sucks. Go see Star Wars. Well then, let's talk about this. Isn't it awesome having more Frank in our lives? Absolutely. Frankly, yes, it is. Uh, I mean, let me be frank about Frank. Frank is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's tr I'm, I'm honestly really so glad that he's on Twitter. And I think at first he was really nervous about it. He was unsure. 
but over time now he's starting to like it, starting to get the hang of it, starting to even develop a good sense for, um, you know, who's a good fan for him to be interacting with and who should he not be engaging with, which is why he didn't talk back to me. That course. is exactly, that's probably that's a good decision on his part, right. yes. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Well, as much as Frank likes to talk about himself, I'm surprised that it took him this long, really, to get uh, onto Twitter. I'm surprised at how quickly he's jumped into, you know, just being ridiculous on it, which I love. Like, I love that tweet he um, did yesterday, which was how excited he was that Bill Breda uh, responded to him. Right. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. I love that he's just gone on Twitter and gone, I'm not going to, you know, only promote, you know, Star Wars and the new documentary. He's gone on to just be the Frank Oz that we all love. Which is nice because we don't get to see that very often. No, but I actually. Go ahead. I actually think um, we might start to see more, I think. I think he's starting to realize that maybe, you know, being back in the public eye, the Muppets and everything like that might be the way he sees out, I don't know, however long he has left in this world or at least until he retires. Well, you never know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he'll ever perform again. I don't think that he'll ever be fuzzy yeah, or piggy so. or animal. Uh, he may go back to Sesame Street one or two days a season like he used to. Um, but I think I would love to see him as a director. Yeah. Or at least in a creative role with the Muppets. I think he is what they need to get back to, you know, how they were in, say, the 80s, which was huge. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you there. Uh, but having said that... Uh, do you think, honestly, that... Because uh, I I think I understand what Frank's vision might be for the Muppets, and I think you might see that too. And do you really think that Disney would want to go that direction as opposed to the marketing, like, hyper-kid-focused, hyper-focus-grouped kind of content I that think, they produce now? I think the new TV show... I shouldn't say the new TV show. The ABC show a couple of years ago shows that they're not opposed to um, unchildlike Muppets. Okay, because I would, personally, I agree with you. I would love to see Frank do something kind of holding the reins of the Muppets. Uh, But I I personally, I don't see Disney in the entertainment landscape we live in today. I I just don't see it happening. But it's a fan's dream come true. Okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll respectfully disagree. I think that Hmm. they would let him do it. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, Good. Because I'm not saying, like, you know, he's not going to go all out and get really inappropriate with it. But, no, 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 no. You know, he's... Look at something like, um, you know, even Muppet's Day Manhattan. That was something he controlled, and it wasn't overly, you know, adult. Oh, I, I think maybe you understand part of what I would... So I, I just... I know that Frank, and you know that Frank, understands the layers of the personalities of the Muppets. And I don't think that's what gets addressed in what they're doing now. And that that's what I'm saying Disney isn't interested in really exploring. Disney wants the Muppets to tell a bunch of punchlines with no jokes. You know, no build-up. Okay, see, I think that they would be happy. I think if you had the right people maybe pushing it, which I mm-hmm. think Frankie is one of the right people, they give totally. it a go. I don't see what they'd have to lose. Yeah. Hmm. We can hope. It's so nice to see the two of you getting along. And that's what Christmas is all about. So, Jared... Shut up. Jared, come on. Christmas. See? We've had two Christmas miracles in this show so far. Just this one. Now, you know what? I'm sick of having this conversation with you. I have one 
Christmas special that is guaranteed to make you two absolutely despise Christmas. <laughs> Crap, what's that? Well, I will tell you about it right after the break here on uh, Muppet Fans Talk no, with me, No, don't Jared do that. Fairclough. This is my show. Hi, I'm JD Hansel of MuppetHub.com. Do you need a design for a new character you've got bouncing around in your head? Do you need caricature work done that is funny but still flattering? Do you need a pastor who will officiate your marriage to a toaster? For that last one, I can't help you. No one can. But for the first two and other similar needs, I still can't help you. But I know someone who can. C.W. Roder. That's right, C.W. Roder spelled... Never mind, has been working at the art of caricature illustration and character design for nearly a decade, and has done work for such clients as ToughPigs.com, Bird Call the Musical, James Kemp Puppets, and me. What? No, not you, Charles Grodin. Me, J.T. Hanksleben. Although Roder has drawn a lot of characters from Muppet Productions, his style really does lend itself to puppet design and Muppet characters. But Roder has also trained himself to mimic the designs of other cartoonists, such as Charles Schultz, Jay Ward, Craig McCracken, and Chuck Jones. He's always open to commission work, and you can contact him at fishystudios419 at gmail.com, or find him on Facebook and Instagram at the art of C.W. Roder. C.W. Roder, don't forget to write the catchphrase like you did last time. Oh, it was it was absolutely terrible, I tell you. So then I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? And she said, I think I remember the film. And as I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And oh, I said, oh, JD. hey, we're back. JD, hi. Yeah, we're, we're back, buddy. Yeah. All right. In that case. I, <sighs> I, I, I know I cut you off there and I know that you hate when things are over, but mm -hmm. that part's got to be over. Yeah. Um... So I've got some bad news for you guys. Jared just made us watch a very interesting Christmas special. This one's not one of the uh, usual ones we talk about on on this show. In fact, it's no. it's new. It's it's it is new. new. It's from it's the 2016. One, right? Yeah, it's it's from mm. 2016. It was made for HBO. It's called Once Upon a Sesame Street Christmas. Um well, for those of you who've been missing the Let's Talk Muppets days, I've got my um I've got my storyline here, and I've got some notes on it. We all watched it, so, um... Well, yeah. I guess that means it's time for correcting Kim. Now, I'm not sure how we're doing that scene as how Kim's dead, but, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, at least Kristen Newman isn't around. Um, no, don't well, say her name! That, that's only Who's one. That? That's only one. That's only one. We're okay. We're all okay. Our story begins on Sesame Street, where everyone is decorating, singing, and getting ready for a Christmas Eve party. Elmo, however, has to get ready for bed, and that means leaving cookies out for Santa. Okay, already, already, I'm inclined to stop and say, just from the very first frame in this, in this special, first of all, Alan, you can't just run on the set towards the camera like this and not say, Oh, hi, welcome to Sesame Street. You just can't, you can't not do that, Alan. Well, you, you can if you're Alan. I mean, it's, no, he's Alan. I know he's Alan, but you're still, when you come up towards the camera in the first shot, you're supposed to go, Oh, hi, welcome to Sesame Street. And instead, he goes on singing. Secondly, who the heck is this lady singing with him? What, what is she doing here? And why well, is she, why is she so prominent? All... 
Well, now, J.D., there's all kinds of people in your neighborhood. We know this. So it's yes, just... Yes, I know that, but I don't know her. And I don't know why she's so prominent that she's the second person singing. And I don't know why she's so insistent on showing us all of her teeth whenever she smiles. Who is she? Are, are you uncomfortable <laughs> because she's a stranger, J.D.? Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so it's... It's an interesting way to uh, to start the show. I agree. But this is the first HBO-produced Sesame special that mm-hmm. we're seeing. Right. And it was it was really built up. Um, and, okay, well, I, I, I do have a couple thoughts about this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an interesting move on HBO and Sesame's part to make this special all about Elmo and, uh, and really focus on him for a change. Yeah. You know, S- Sesame has a long history of spreading around the spotlight and really giving every character little moments to shine. So I thought just for once, it was nice that they made a Sesame Street special completely revolve around this one character. He, they really hadn't gotten around to really showing much about Elmo yet. Um, so, yeah, yeah just, just a nice departure, I thought. And my favorite part was that, you know, it's not like we've ever seen Elmo save Christmas before. Definitely oh, not. right. I mean... Fucking times. Exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> this one... So, so Tough Pigs loved this. They said it's possibly the best Sesame Holiday special since Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. And the only reason that I'd agree with them is because none of the other Sesame Street Christmas specials since that one have been very good or memorable at all. So they're right on a technicality there. Parts of this were good. As a whole, I think this falls flat as a good Christmas special. Now, here's what I mean by that. Is it a good Sesame special? Yes. But does it come off as a good Christmas special the way that we look at other non-Muppet Christmas specials? No. So like the same, it's the same way that the American Idol winner almost always goes from winning the biggest TV talent show in the world to barely making a dent in the really for real world of pop music. I don't think this special holds a candle to sit to Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, much less, well, I don't know. Well, even like It's a Wonderful Life or the Santa Claus or even Santa Claus the movie. You know, if there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Christmas special, I bet Once Upon a Christmas is better than that. And it's at least it's- neck and neck with Letters to Santa, but that's about it. <sighs> okay. As for some nice things about this special, first of it's all... It's probably better than the Spice Girls Spice Up Your Christmas special. Probably better than that. That, that no- being said... Nothing is better than that. Nothing is better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get you there. No, I do, I, I do think there are some nice things about this. Like, uh, it's nice hearing Carol's Big Bird and Carol's Oscar. Um... Uh, I, I am confused about why the special is called Once Upon a Sesame Street Christmas when the opening number clearly states it takes place at holiday time, not, well, not thank Christmas you. time. So I, I don't know what this has to do with Christmas. Um, as I, I noticed that Oscar near the beginning of the special doesn't seem right. Like the puppets just not functioning and they, the lip sync they- is weird. They've hmm. also done a weird thing. I don't know if it's in a special. I haven't watched it for a year because I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but, like, the front of his face is, like, weirdly almost shaved back. And then the yeah. rest of him. Yeah. I think I don't know that yeah. they're using that puppet anymore because it just is so jarring. Yeah. It was, it was just weird. Now, the weird thing, though, is when you get to the stuff that takes place in old-timey Sesame, they just redecorated one of the old Oscar puppets from, like, 2006, and it looks fine. 
So yeah, that that's that one did look better. Strange, but yeah. And you um, said this is Carol's Big Bird. Are you sure? This is definitely Carol. Okay, I thought it was Matt, but all right. Wow, it's gotten to the point that Steve can't tell. All right. Well, no. Here, here's Matt. the thing. It, well, it's. I didn't like Big Bird in this. Yeah. Um, like the my my whole thought through the whole watching the whole thing is, is Big Bird just really sleepy or is he yeah. maybe sad about or is he high like just somebody please tell me because <laughs> yeah it's I, not it's not the big bird that we know it's it he didn't have a lot of positive energy it was just he sounded kind of lethargic that's the thing that i've noticed about big bird is that for whatever yeah. reason over the past few years whether he's performed by carol or matt he does seem a little bit sleepy however I think it's possible that that's just to make him a good compliment to Elmo, because if he's all no, hyper and energetic, too. Yeah. He, he gets redundant. So he's got to be the older child who, he used to be a happy six-year-old. Now he's more of the chill nine-year-old who's kind of well, and if you brother. And if you look at the, uh, the, the character that uh, he plays when back in the 1800s, he's apparently been six years old for like 150 years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, now about Ernie and Bert's introduction here, um, I'm not totally crazy about Ernie's voice here, but that's not something I need to be concerned about anymore. Uh, what I do love though is Bert with the Yule Log video, because I actually am one of those nerds who likes to put the Yule Log video up on the TV screen at Christmas parties, even when there's a, even when there's a fire in the fireplace which at my house is located literally directly underneath the TV screen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I hope the fire melts your TV. For, for me, I really get the biggest laugh when Bert said that it was the director's cut. Like, that for me was the biggest laugh in the whole special. I loved it. It's a stupid joke, but, but, but I loved it. Um, let's get back to the story. Elmo looks at the cookies on his nightstand, and he wonders, why do they leave cookies for Santa? Elmo's dad, who clearly doesn't know the answer, decides to BS his way through a made-up story about it, like any good parent would do. Naturally, this story takes place on Sesame Street many, many years ago. It opens with Grover's great-great-grand-monster, who comes to Sesame Street as a salesman, only to discover that Sesame Street is the unfriendliest street in town. Hey, can I stop you for just a second Go and ask a, a, a question? So, Absolutely. what was Grover's great-great-grand-monster's name? Uh, Grover's great great man, great great grand monster was the name. Right, it, it was he was named Grover, right? He no, just Grover's great great grand monster. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Not, I'm, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. However, what we have learned from this is that somewhere in Grover's family line, there is a dad. It's not just moms all the way down, and it's nice that we finally got that confirmed. Um, so I, I, I went into this special. It's just not moms and uncles all the way down, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. right. Well, you know how Grover's momology is a very complex you know, subject. That's a weird aside, but Muppet families kind of, that's what they consist of, right? Moms and uncles and kids somehow. Hmm. See, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Steve, but when I said Grover's momology, I was actually referencing a huge series of articles on tough pigs. This is true. This is not made up. Oh. Studying family relations in the Muppets and how it's mostly mother and uncle centric, particularly yeah. with Grover, who, if you look at his children's books, just is filled with Grover's mom, even though Grover's mom is different in all of them. She's a completely yeah. different person. Like Grover just has this, this 
huge collection of moms who help him right. with everything, but only okay. in the children's books. She's hardly ever seen on screen. A lot of uh, well, now Elmo, you have his dad, right? But then you don't have a mom, right? Well, I figure is it if I figure because Elmo's uncle died in Iraq, they wanted to balance things out by also killing off the mom as well. That was okay. My now that's that's probably right now. Now Baby Bear has a mom and a dad, but they're Jewish, so that's that's totally different. Steve. I can't decide whether or not I should edit that out. Because on the one hand, that was really offensive and inappropriate. On the other hand, it was funny. What are you talking about? That's not offensive. You you said they don't count as parents oh, because come on. they're I... Jewish. <laughs> I that don't understand how I took that at all. Right, thank you. I'm sure Jared and Chris Harris, the entire audience of this podcast, will not find a problem with that. So I went into this special not really knowing what the concept was, and I was very surprised um, by just where it went. Like, when they show you Sesame Street today and then use the CGI special effect to show it changing into this Dickensian version of the street, it really feels like the whole Sesame universe just got expanded to include this 200-year-old lore about the days of old. Like, I found it incredibly fascinating. Mm. Like, I was seeing the formation of... Maybe not the street itself, but the character of Sesame Street. It's the origin story. Yes, it is the origin story of Sesame Street. And I thought that was really, really clever. Um, For the most part, I kind of liked the way that they went about it. And it was interesting that Sesame Street, as it is today, was sort of born at Christmas time because of Elmo. So because of how mean the whole street is, Santa never comes because everyone there is on his naughty list and nobody celebrates Christmas there. So then Elmo's great-great-grandmonster, who is also named Elmo and is apparently oh, Elmo's namesake. surprisingly. Yeah, Right, shocking. well, it's, it's the same way how Gobo is named after his great-uncle Gobo. Elmo right. is named his after his great-great-grandmonster, yes, yes. Elmo. So he Weird. moves to 123 Sesame Street, and he is likewise informed, just like Grover was, um, that... that Sesame Street is a super-duper unfriendly place. So he meets a little girl who reveals to him that no one on Sesame Street celebrates Christmas or even knows who Santa is, and then she tries to steal his ball because she's a jerk. I really find it hard to believe that the, like, meanest street in New York City is one where people just steal your ball sometimes. Like, I feel like there have got to be, even at that time period, some meaner streets in New York. I know you haven't gotten out much, all right, but just... Brace yourself. In New York City, okay, mm-hmm. there are streets where if you have a ball, they'll probably steal it from you. Now, Man. I know that's shocking, mm. and you just shouldn't go to those streets, but there, it, it happens, man. It's it's like, don't... It, it, look at the front page of Drudge sometime. I mean, it's it's there. It happens every day. Yeah. 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 So, um, Anyway, he decides to let her have the ball, offering it to her as a Christmas present. And this act of kindness summons a magical shop that only appears when someone on Sesame Street shares. Here, Elmo meets Bella and her magical thing, Holly. Holly has five lights. lights! Five lights that will only light up when enough people spread holiday cheer. But without that... There are four lights, not five. I, I'm already going to include the clip, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm way ahead of you, buddy. Come uh, on. Do you good. really think? Do you really think that when I saw there was a device with lights in this special and there were five of them, I didn't immediately go, there are four lights. Sorry, in the right voice. Okay, mm-hmm. good. There You're are right. four lights. Of course I did it immediately. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Of course. Good. Good. I'm the good child. 
It, I, I, you know, I like the way that they slightly redesigned a lot of the characters for this special. Like, Grover's redesign is very subtle. They just did a little bit of eyebrows. Oscar's redesign we already kind of talked about. And mm-hmm. I like how the first person to talk to Grover in a way that's halfway friendly, or at least somewhat helpful, was the grandfather of Mr. Johnson. Like, yeah, if that, that was officer, cool. if that officer had just pulled out his gun... And shot Grover on the spot. He would have saved his whole family line loads of trouble. Absolutely, but no, he he, he saved blew it. his whole mess. He 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 absolutely blew it. Has anyone random random point here? Hmm. Um, has anyone else noticed that Ryan Dillon's Elmo has sort of a strange, strong accent? Okay, let's talk about that. Yes yeah. to that. And is it me or does Elmo constantly now have that crooked eye look? Like okay. it's, his one, it's his one move in all this special. Okay, see, that's the thing. If you watch the video from Wired that the Muppet performers just posted, Ryan says that he uses the eye mechanism a lot more than he probably should, and he laughs about it. And when he said that, I'm like, thank you, sir. I appreciate Because it used to be this. like Kevin's Elmo would go on the Today Show, and he would talk to whoever, and, you know, they'd say, like, big words, and then he'd look confused, and then it was funny. But when you come into the frame confused... Like, you you have nowhere to go. <laughs> See, next year they're doing Christmas on Sesame Street with Elmo's confused look. And the whole special, it's just uh, right. Elmo walking around with this look no, on no, his face. They, the they don't time. have to. They, they just did it here. Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, it's 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 a redundant special. Okay, really. I was just wondering if I was the only person that... I'm glad I'm now not the only one who noticed that. You are not the only one. He does it all the time. Not just in the special. It's sort of Elmo's new thing. He's just always confused. And all of us are, really, in, in 2017. We're all confused now. Well, we are. Now, so, are, are you going to get to Cookie Monster? Or, or I have a thought about Cookie Monster. Too, sure. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Cookie Monster. Well, okay, that's, I, that's I, I forgot fine. to mention this, but yeah, Cookie Monster was one of the first characters Grover meets on, on Sesame street and cookie monster here much to elmo's surprise does not share his cookies he looks like mario true um now um and cookie monsters move is not sharing cookies let's just be clear it's eating them yes it's eating everything actually but he isn't called sharing monster this is this is right here this is the new veggie monster all right Cookie Monster was selfish. He was passionate. This is one of the things that Lewis Henry Mitchell said to me that I love. Cookie Monster embodies passion. He's passionate for cookies. That's what he wants. He's he, it's it's his it's his move, right? It's a signature move. It's not sharing cookies. It's yes, but eating he, them, and we completely wants, got away from that here. He wants other people to share in his passion, and that's the point. Like he, he, cheap, he's it's we tend to say out, cookie. Sir. We tend to say Cookie Monster will do anything for a cookie, but that's not true. He won't it be is true. He won't be mean to you for no, the sake okay. of getting a cookie. Like if right. you have a cookie and you won't give it to him, he will beg and he will plead like a puppy dog, but he's not going to attack you for the cookie. That's the you thing. You are absolutely like, right about that. Yes. He is good and kind in his cookie consumption. So it makes sense that they would want to move the character in the direction of more kindness, and kindness for most of us, not for you, Steve, because you're libertarian, but for most of us, it means sharing. It means doing good unto others. That's normally what kindness means. Mm, it's freaking kindness racket, I swear. I know. You're really upset that Sesame Street's emphasizing kindness. I know, because right. you're let's an Let's not person. worry about letters and numbers and reading and, and all that, the stuff that, the, you know, that was the original mission to get kids ready for school. No. 
kindness as... Six, never mind. How did we get here when all I was trying to say is that Ryan Dillon's Elmo sounds sort of like a fault. mix of a Baltimore this accent... Is a, this a, is it! This is the curse of Christmas! We start talking about something completely unrelated, we're all arguing, and everyone just doesn't want to be here anymore. This is why I, agree. I had Christmas. This is why I showed you this crummy special. Well, you you might have a point here. Okay, look. We're almost at the... Oh, crap. We're almost at the point where the plot begins. We haven't even gotten there. But actually, that comes very late in the special, so we're... we're Wait, we when can, does the plot begin in the special? We can wrap this up soon enough. No, here's where it begins. Holly right. has five lights that will only light up when enough people spread holiday cheer. But without that, Holly and Bella will disappear, and Santa will never come. With that, Elmo decides to spread holiday cheer by decorating Sesame Street, and fortunately, Grover's great-great-grandmonster uh, has all the decorations they need, and a mediocre decorating song. The decorations attract Big Bird while he's flying southward for the winter, which raises many questions. Yes. Can Big Bird do that? No. He can hitchhike, no. as evidenced on, on screen, but... Yeah. No, they bred that out uh, a couple of generations after this special. They bred that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. We keep getting worse. Oh, Merry uh, Christmas, everybody. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Ah, so... Yeah, I don't know why the songs in the special are bad. I think they could have just thrown in another PD Christmas song or just recycled something from one of the old Christmas specials. Like, this well, poppy stuff is just useless. Well, now, I will say, actually, um, I'm going to disagree with you here, JD. I was what? thinking at, at least for for this one. Now, I, I didn't like a lot of the songs in here. In yeah. fact, the, the only one that was marginally catchy was I, the Try a Little Kindness song. But... At the very least, and this is just my personal taste, but at least we seem to be done with the idea of every song having, of every song having to be like this urban or hip hop thing, you know. And I'm just, I love me some Kevin Clash, but under the reign of Kevin Clash, everything must be hip hop, urban, and poppy. And we are, we seem to be done with that. Now, none of this music is good, but it's better, in my opinion, than what we spent the last 10, 15 years doing on Sesame Street. Yeah, you're right. I got to grant you that one. You're right. So, with all the new holiday cheer, the shop reappears, and Bella informs Elmo that the holiday season is filled with lots of holidays besides Christmas. There's Hanukkah, and that's about it. Then Ernie and Bert happen to show up, and (laughs) that's all she mentions. That no, she mentions Kwanzaa. She doesn't mention Kwanzaa. It's the it's in the script a grand total of one time, and that is it right there. It is? Yes, it is. I totally missed it. She was really fast. Well, she said it really, really fast in, in your defense, yeah. Okay, yeah. She must it have was been, almost parenthetical, but she, it was, yeah, it she was must there. have been like um there's Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. And anyway, like it yeah, must it was, have it was been kind of quick. Yeah, it was under her breath and, and she kinda of scowled and ne- never mind. But okay, <laughs> so, go ahead. <laughs> Ernie and Bird happen to show up and being traveling performers, they are happy to sing to spread some Christmas cheer. So Grover and Smudge 
I guess we're calling her at this point. Her name's Becky. Anyway, they detain a police officer because yay crime, and the rest of the gang knocks on the door of 123 Sesame Street, singing carols to see if they can get someone to join them. Through the Just magic some of, random person, right? Yes. Yeah, through the magic okay. of the guest star being played by a famous Broadway performer, they get everyone in town singing. This lights up another light on Holly, only for it to go out again because the cheer keeps going away. Okay, wait, oh. I had a thought about this, too. Yeah. So they're singing on the doorstep of random people, as carolers do, yeah. but they're singing on the most unfriendly, we've established, right? The most unfriendly street in the world. Right. But the person, the the, the rando that they happen to sing in front of, right. loves music, it just so happens, right? and leads everybody in a great big musical number. Really? That's the Did weirdest we, thing about it, is that everyone was, was else it on the street time, is... Guys? Did we have to just put something down and then we could get out of here was was it friday afternoon <laughs> as we've already established lunch was coming up right that's always what it is it's the lunch that's box. always what it is yes um no but yeah that that is a problem here excuse me it's a hole in the plot that, that is that's a problem all, here that, that's that's all we're saying everyone else on the street scowls at them for singing but this one person again through the magic of the guest star being played by a famous broadway performer she's into it the weirdest thing about this though is that they don't knock on a specific door in one two three which we know is an apartment where elmo and his dad and a bunch of other people live no it's, they just it's knock the only on the building main door where everybody lives yeah and one person shows up and it happens to be the right person as though that door is her door. I don't understand that. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, another thing that I don't understand is, is how the door to the shop, they never actually go through the door to the shop. They just no. beam in through the power of obnoxious glowing CGI yes. every time. Like that's so, I mean, I guess they didn't have the money f to build a door for it. Cause it looked well, like they, I, I noticed they, this too. Yeah. Right. It looked like they spent a lot of their money on getting the usual Sesame Street set looking very, very different. And then this one set, because you hardly ever see it, is like your local TV's, uh, local TV stations, local children, local children's show. Like it was. Well, okay. It and, was... and I agree with you, but but here's what I'm saying. All yeah. right. And, and, and see if you agree with me or not. Mm -hmm. um, think about this for a minute. How many times do you really see the Muppets walk through a door? Every time they need to watch out for the icy patch. Okay, but apart from that one, mm -hmm. like on Sesame Street, when a character goes from the outs from the street into Mr. Hooper's store, do you see him walk through a door? Because I, I thought the exact same thing. Like, that's a cheap cop-out. But no, it's just a poorly done special effect, but it's what they always do. Yeah, now that I think about it, there's pretty much always a cut. Right. So they can yeah. rearrange puppeteers. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I never thought about that. But you and I had the exact same thought when we watched that. Yeah. Yes. Well, you probably also had this thought. Why are all the wide shots done really nicely on the real set, but all the close-ups are done with crappy green screen? Right. Yes. That was what another thing. happened? Like, who says, well, we have time to do the wides, but for all the close-ups, which will require all of the same performers to be here, we'll do it in a different place for no reason. I know. That'll be it's... fine. I mean, maybe it was just because of Carol being Big Bird. They wanted to shoot the non-Big Bird stuff elsewhere. But that doesn't excuse this because, like, Oscar was also done in front of a green screen for the crankiness. Yeah. It, it does seem very weird, and I, I noticed that, too. Yeah. At the very least, we did just learn that this girl, Smudge, or Becky is Mr. Johnson's grandma. So we've learned something here. 
we've we've learned something interesting from this special. And you had to pay attention to it because uh-huh. it's a one-liner and it's real quick. Uh-huh. It but is. but you know is that true because Elmo's it's dad, Louie, even said several times, this is just a made-up story. So, Which is stupid because Elmo asks, why do we leave? But it's the way the leave? Muppets do everything. What? It's like, Miss Piggy and Kermit got married. Nah, that was a movie. Gonzo's no. an alien. Nah, that's not how it happened. So, it's like, this is the exact same thing here. Oh my gosh, we saw Mr. Johnson's ancestors. No, that's just a made-up story. I think it's all part of the Muppets' goal to make our lives as fans harder by constantly challenging the notion of a Muppet canon. As Jared has rightly pointed out many times, there is no Muppet canon, and this is why. Because every time they start to build one, they negate it. Right, exactly. In this case, they negate it because Elmo, being a good skeptic, catches on to the fact that his father just keeps lying about mm-hmm. clowns on Sesame Street or whatever. That's something I'm, that you and I'm Elmo just, have in common. I Yeah, I'm just bummed because, like, Elmo asks at the beginning, the whole thing that sets the whole darn show in motion is when Elmo says, why do we leave cookies out for Christmas, for Santa? And by the end of the special, he still doesn't know because he, he was just asleep. told a fiction. He was well, told no, he, fiction. He, he was told a complete and utter fiction. You're right. Um, but he fell asleep by the end of the story, which I know we haven't gotten to yet. But he, so he, he doesn't even... None of this needed to happen. It's true. Really, this was... This is... All of this was a waste of time. Yeah. And Jared, you made us watch this. Once so this upon is a waste your of fault. time on Sesame Street. And don't you find yourself just a little disillusioned? That's the that's the name of this whole special. A big waste of time on Sesame Street. <laughs> then I've done my job. <sighs> We're almost done, you guys. I'm almost oh. at the end of the correcting Kim. Let's just let's let's push through it. Pretend We're you're British and push part. through. There's only one way this could have been any worse. What? How's that? If it had been written by Kristen Newman. No! He oh, said it again! No, he said it again! It. That's twice now! Oh, boy. Right. So Elmo learns that the only holiday anyone celebrates on Sesame Street is Cranky Miss, and he gets a little depressed. So Smudge, now finally revealing her name is Becky, cheers him up by giving him his ball back. This act of kindness increases Christmas spirit, and somehow inexplicably causes a domino chain of kind acts um, across all of the street, and when they next see Holly, now <clears throat> there are four lights. Mm, yes, yes. Unfortunately, when they see Santa uh, up in the sky, he flies right past Sesame Street. Well, alrighty then. Uh, but Cookie Monster decides to share his cookies for a change, and this lights up the fifth light, and that is why we leave cookies out for Santa to to commemorate Cookie Monster's kind acts. Santa up in the sky decides to turn around and stop at Sesame Street. Somehow Santa has a gift for everybody, and Bella and Holly go away to the next town that needs them to do... Well, not really... uh, Do these two get anything done? Yeah, that's the thing. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. They show up to give you plot exposition... And then disappear. Like, that's the thing. They're supposed to spread kindness, but they don't appear until somebody's spread kindness. They don't spread any what kindness. What a useless, useless couple of people. And one of them's not even a people. This is ridiculous. Yeah, man. Right? Anyway. What did you think about Jim Gaffigan as Santa Claus? I don't care. 
I have no criticism of Jim Gaffigan as Santa Claus. I just don't care. Except that maybe he should have given out Hot Pockets instead of presents. Look, at the end of the special, it snows, and everyone's happy but Oscar. Back in the real world, Elmo's dad puts him to sleep, and Santa eats a cookie, Cookie Monster style, and we are wished a Merry Christmas. Man, I, I hate the green screenshots so much. It was really distracting. In fact, when you see Santa flying in his sleigh towards the end, you can clearly see the studio light in his glasses. Like, you can barely see his eyes because the <laughs> LED panel's rectangular reflection is in the way of his eyeballs. Nice. So, yeah, this is not my favorite special. Um, we can at least be thankful for Leslie Carrara Rudolph's great performance because this was one of my favorite characters she's ever done, honestly. She I did loved a great it. The, job. The accent yes. was great. But beyond that, Jared, what did you freaking put us through, man? I've put you through exactly what you needed. Welcome to the dark side. Uh, oh my gosh! This, I think this I hate has really kind of put a damper on my Christmas spirit. I have to. Uh, I have to say. Oh my gosh! I think I hate Christmas now. It's been ruined by crappy Christmas pop songs and by stupid CGI and bad green screen effects and too much well, Elmo. Well, you know what? That's about the best Christmas present I could get. This might be the best <laughs> Christmas I've ever had. Because you ruined Christmas for us? Because we're miserable? You're miserable, and that makes me so happy. Ugh, God. You see, guys, you see, this kind of crap happens every Christmas. We say this is a time for cheer and happiness, but doesn't anyone know what Christmas is all about? It's about a bunch of miserable losers getting together to fight and yell and be sad. That's the true meaning of Christmas, Jared. And with that... Silent night. We finally did it, Steve. Oh, oh Steve, we got him to sing a Christmas song. We did it. Uh, but also he did it, because now you and I don't like Christmas. Well, that's true, too. Crap. Well. Well. I don't really know where to go from here. Um, How about, uh, are we doing burnt hamburgers? No. Want to do toast right. and a roast? Okay, we can do a toast and a roast. All right, toast and a roast. I want to roast whoever whoever decided to shoot the special the way they shot the special. You need a good roasting. But but I think I'm going to go ahead and toast Frank Oz. Not for anything related to this special. Just because I'm glad that he's embracing Twitter so nicely. Steve, who who would you... Or Jared, either way. Go ahead. Have at it. Free for all. Somebody toast or roast somebody. Go, I don't go, care. go ahead. Go ahead. I'll start. I'd like to give a toast to whoever put a tiny little tree where Big Bird's tree was 200 years later. Uh, that's just good set design right there. Hmm. Uh, but I'd like to give a roast... Uh, one person, Billy Barkhurst. You're really going to do this publicly. You're going to do this publicly. How, I am. How that guy ever got Ernie, I don't know. But I think uh, he he never sat right with me. I never liked his Ernie. Uh, I much prefer Peter Linz. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. Now I feel like we're all just mean. But that is what happens at Christmas. This is what happens at Christmas, right? Do you right? have a toast, so. Jared, or are you just negative? I toasted. I toasted the set designer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I forgot that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting that happiness exists because I don't have any right now. Steve? Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to begin by roasting 
Elmo's dad for really? creating this horrible bedtime story, which true. resulted in the special that we all had to witness. Yeah, that's true. Um, really, this is all his fault. It is. It's all um, his fault. It's the very, it's the evil creation of an evil man. And yeah. so um, I, I don't like that part of it. Uh, I'm going uh, to toast Mr. Frank Biondo, because why not? <laughs> that was a little bit random, Steve. Merry Christmas, Frank Biondo, wherever you are. <laughs> All right. And with that, we've come to the end of another one. I'm J.D. Hansel. You can find all my stuff at MuppetHub.com. You can shoot me an email at me, M-E, at MuppetHub.com. And, of course, like us on Facebook at MuppetHub.com slash Facebook. And follow me on Twitter at JD11PC. Or follow MuppetHub on Twitter at MuppetHub. Next. Well, I'm Steve Swanson, host and producer, current producer of the Muppet Cast, which is not yeah, producing yeah, any yeah. new episodes, but it's still out there. You can go to MuppetCast.com, where there's also a lot of news and events and blog posts and all kinds of great stuff happening out there. So you can subscribe to the Muppet Cast there. You can email me, M-E, at MuppetCast.com for any comments and questions you might have about the Muppets, the Muppet Cast, or anything else. The Facebook and Twitter feeds, and Instagram for that matter, are all MuppetCast and... Just announcing right now, breaking news. In 2018, you can hear the new podcast I've got going at FanPress. You can find it at fanpress.co. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun stuff, kind of along the lines of uh, interviewing interesting people, this kind of that you've heard on the Muppet Cast for a long time. Now I'm just expanding it out into the wide world of pop culture fandom. So I've got a lot of interviews already in the can and you're going to love hearing from all those people at the fan press podcast and you can also connect with facebook instagram and twitter at fan presco and i'm kristen newman you can find me on twitter at thank you very much we almost made it three times now she's gonna show up and ruin the podcast. We gotta end the show before she gets here. <sighs> I'm J.D. Hansel, and I wanna wish you a Merry no, Christmas. No, stop, stop, I wanna wish you a Merry <laughs> Christmas. I wanna wish you uh, a Merry Christmas. This is the worst song the ever. Of my heart. That song really is garbage.